Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hoi, ik ben Ilko Klomp van MyBossTime.com en op de fietsnijdwerk luister ik altijd naar Setlusting Bruce met Jesse Jackson. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we are continuing Friendship Month in March. And joining me today is a trilogy, the Mighty Three. Yeah, This Is Us has the big three. No, no, no. We have the big three. We have Lee, Levi, Ryan, and Jeff. Guys, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank hey, you. So uh, I am glad you're here. So let's go around the t- uh, table. Give us your elevator pitch, a little bit about yourself. We'll start with you, Jeff. Oh, well, so I'm uh, the senior member of the group, uh, but kind of the junior member too. I met this, this pair. They were already uh, tight friends. I uh, actually met them in line for Springsteen signing and uh, glad to know these guys. We've been uh, fast friends and friends ever since. And uh you know, just uh, great. I mean, it's awesome seeing these two guys like right here in semi-person. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the beauty of Zoom. You know, right? there is not a lot that has come. There is not a lot about COVID at all. But if I had to, you know, waiting on a sunny day, right, find that ray of sunshine. Um, I used to use Skype to record all my uh, episodes and there was confusion, like, what? I Skype? I don't. Do I have to download that? What do I do? And so I ended up getting a phone number that someone could call from any phone. Um, so right when COVID started, um, all of a sudden I realized everyone knows Zoom now. <laughs> so you know, I just went and got a Zoom account, and now that everyone's like, oh, okay, are we going to record via Zoom? So that's a bright spot on COVID. Uh, all right, Ryan, how about you? Oh, um, what? Uh... Yeah, uh, what, what do I want to tell you? Man, there's so much. I'm, Eloquent as always. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I, I'm 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 35 and a half. Um, I met I met uh, Jeff a couple of years ago at the signing. I've known Levi for a few years now through another mutual friend, who who, who does not like Bruce Springsteen mostly because I love him so much. Uh, the the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the mutual friend that Levi and I have uh, would like like just like refused to listen to Bruce Springsteen. That's all us to in high school and college. And so it got to the point where like, 
if Ryan loves it so much, I got to hate it so much. And so he, he hates Bruce Springsteen because of that. That really checks for Doug. Yeah, it really, it really checks. Yeah. It really checks. And um, it's funny. But uh, yeah, no, I, I met, I met the Jeff uh, at that book signing. Uh, it, was a, it was a Barnes and Noble thing. Um, and I was working down the street at the Hollywood Improv. I was a bouncer there. And I think Levi, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if, uh, if Levi told me about the signing or if someone told me about the signing. But I, I left work, I got off work at like 11 p.m. and I went straight to Barnes and Noble and I scouted the line, I just hopped in line. Um, I'd been up all day already, maybe, or like like almost 24 hours. And then I called Levi, like, Levi, get down here. And it was like, I guess, I, from what I remember, it was, it was next to Jeff, that's where I got in line. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so we, we, we've just kept in contact ever since. So now Jeff, where are you located? You're still mute, Jeff. You're on mute. mute. See, look, and I'm supposed to be the tech guy too, right? Uh, So uh, I'm in Southern California, uh, Riverside, California. I'm um, so these guys are in the middle of the big city, and I'm I'm outside. I'm in the Badlands. Oh, okay. By the way, I can tell you're a tech guy because, right? You've done enough of these, you know, to mute when you're not talking because it makes for better sound and less distraction. That also means that we forget to, uh, damn it, I didn't unmute. So, yes. Um, I get my space bar that's supposed to automatically do it, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah, I get it. Is that, wait, how's it? No. No, I, I'm, I'm like doing. I'm pressing the space, like the the bar. Nothing's doing. <laughs> work at all. I had a, I had a notification come in, and I didn't want like ultimate like dings like popping up while you're doing yeah. your thing. So yeah, I uh, my the text on, and this is fascinating podcasting listening. Right, my <laughs> listeners are going, "Wow, this is great." Um, <laughs> I have the Star Trek communicator chirp. Uh, you know, as my sound for when I get a new text message and it never fails, it'll go off. And, and, uh, my, like, especially when we're doing our doctor who podcast and my co-hosts go, Oh, Kirk needs you. Kirk needs you. Uh, all right. So Levi, yeah, Levi, give us your little pitch. Well, I, so I've been on the, the show before, so I don't want to bore anybody with all the other stuff, but yeah. Um, Ryan, I'd known through another mutual friend and I, I, Seeing that Bruce was going to be in town doing a signing back in 2016, I guess. So yeah. I, th- I think I told you about it, but you got there first. And I don't know why, but I was kind of taking my time getting there. Uh, but when we showed up, just the, the coolest thing that I'll, I'll always remember about that night, it's like kind of getting to meet Bruce Springsteen, like that comes in second just compared to getting to hang out with Springsteen fans for like 12 hours overnight and getting to talk with Jeff and what's crazy is that it's been four or five years now, but it's like, we kind of get to watch his family grow up as well, yeah. like yeah. over, over social media, yeah. but it just feels like, Oh, I know this person. Cause we've spent like time doing like production days. I don't know how you feel, but yeah. when you're like, just been, um, you know, 12 hours with somebody just like you're constantly with that person. Yeah. You, it's a really intense experience and you feel like, Oh, we've had, uh, you know, this, the shared experience and we really know one another. Yeah. Right. Um, so there, there, I feel like there's a bond there from, from that day. And uh, like when I went to uh, Asbury park over the holidays, it was like, Oh, I got to make sure I send, yeah. you know, postcards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Um, I think we talked a little about this, but uh, Jeff Ryan, what did you say during your four seconds? I know Levi might have already told me. I'm trying to remember, but what you know, you get four seconds with the man. What did what did you tell him? 
I, I guess I'll go first. Um, yeah. Well, I, uh, so yeah, we had this whole night. Um, my daughter was there. Uh, my ex-wife was actually the one that kind of set this up. Um, yeah. She's a YouTube person. If you have a YouTube podcast, she's the one to talk to about that stuff. So, but, okay. um, but she knew like my daughter, Casey uh, has, has been born into this whole thing. Yes. Uh, you know, for a long time, it was always uncle Bruce, you know, <laughs> and then she got old enough to go, he's not really our uncle. I go, yeah, duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, my, uh, my four seconds with Bruce was, uh, went up, shook his hand. And then I said, Hey, uh, I know we're only supposed to do one, but can I get a picture with my daughter? And so he, yep, we got the, the three of us. And then also with the ex. So, I mean, that was a nice like family thing. So, Oh, nice. Was, it was a good time. So he was, it was very cool. They were really cool. Good. I think, I think the bouncer people were a little upset with me, but he was totally cool about it. So. Well, I have a theory that he's ready to be a grandfather. I think that's why he has the kids saying waiting on a sunny day. I think that's why like during the last tour, you know, he signed that kid's permission slip, like, you know, please excuse them from being in school. Bruce, he went to a Bruce Springsteen concert and, and it seems like he adores kids. And I think he is like ready to be a grandfather and he's looking at the three, you know, his two boys and girl. I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go. So I think that was the right, like if you had just had another buddy, you may have gotten no look, dude, but no way he's saying uh, wrong to a kid. Yeah. Brian, how about you? Yeah. Um, what did, uh, yeah, it was, it was only four seconds. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Um, I, I was thinking about the, I would, I was up for like maybe 36 hours. Wow. I was so, cause I, it was, I just went straight from work Yeah. and went out all night and then they were behind schedule at the Barnes and Noble. So it just kept getting delayed. They kept pushing the line. If you remember Jeff, they just kept pushing the line back. I was like, we're like, what the f- going on? I'm sorry. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And like, and so like I was I was just telling me by this deal is I remember I was passing out in line at the Barnes and Noble. You're inside the store and you're just like, where am I? My eyes were burning. Mm-hmm. And then it was my turn and the handler looks at me and like I just like it was like a jolt of electricity just went through my body and I just sprung up. And like I was fully aware of where I was and what I was doing. And the guy looked at me because he's you know, he's he's concerned for Bruce. He goes, are you okay? Not asked about my well-being, but he wants to know yeah. I'm not going to get on Springsteen. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and, then like, and then like, and then Bruce motions me over and the guy's like, okay, you're up. And I walk up there. I don't think I said anything. I, I really, I think I was silent the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> I just like, like, shook his hand, took the picture. And then that was it. That was everything. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll, I, and, and uh, I, will, I will send you pictures of that moment if you want. I'll, I'll send them to you. Yeah. Good. I get them mine too. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I uh, I've told this many times on the podcast. So uh, if you're a regular listener, jump ahead thirty seconds. Uh, but I drove all the way down to Austin, mm-hmm. you know, from Dallas. So it's about you know a few hours. And the whole time I was Luca Braxa in The Godfather. You know how he's talking about what he's going to say over and over again (laughs) that was me i'm just when i'm not like oh uh and um so i did when i hit it i was ready i was like i was unemployed 
for nine months last year. I listened to Better Days and Land of Open Dreams every day and just thank you for that. And I got maybe half of it out before the bouncer's like, next. Um, but as I've said multiple times, I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. You bring something up that's kind of interesting. And it's, it's the, the fantasy of the moment versus like how it actually really played yeah. out. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a torture test that night. I mean, um, no, the evening was great. I mean, look, staying up all night with these cool guys, like, and just like, literally, we never stopped talking about, we talked about everything. I mean, we were, it was just really, really a cool bonding, great moment. Um, but then once you start the line moving and they start bringing people into groups and hurting you around and stuff, you know, and then you finally get into the Barnes and Noble and you're like, okay, it's all right. We're about done. And then there's another, what it was, it was an hour and a half or two hours inside yes. the Barnes and Noble. And you're just, you know, the maze of all these books and it's just, you know, and Hey, look, I got a 13 year old here who's yeah. kind of been half up all night too. And so, well, was, at uh, one point, Jeff, did you like sent, sent your, uh, your your kid and your ex to the hotel room, right? Is that, am I? Yeah, so like that? basically how it had worked was um, we, we we drove in from uh, from Riverside to, to LA and I'm like, okay, look, there's going to be a few people there. I'm going to get up maybe four in the morning. I'll come over. That's it. You know, just get in the line. It's not going to be a big deal. I'll wait five hours, you know. Shit, we waited for uh, four hours to ride the Finding Nemo ride when that first launched at Disneyland. I'm like, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. But we, we, when we drove by, we got dinner down at the Grove, Beverly Hills, the Grove, where the Barnes & Noble was. And there was already people there. And it was like 9 or 10 o'clock. And I'm like, ugh, ugh. So we went back to the hotel, got everything kind of ready. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back. And so, yeah, showed up about 11-ish or so. And, you know, met with these guys and then um, it, the, the girls stayed back at the hotel and then they came over a little bit later, you know, for a couple hours and went back and napped and then got ready and then came back. And then I was able to quickly, it was the fastest thing I've ever done, but it was like 10 minute drive down to the hotel, a five minute shower, completely dressed and then back. So yeah, well, that's, that's we had no thing. idea how the timing was going to go. And this was like yeah. it's in the morning. Well, like, that's like, a common thing when you go to these concerts where you're waiting in line. Like, you, you need to get to know the people around you because yes. you're going to take turns leaving line. And you got to right. like, hey, you're not going to raise shit when I come back to my spot in line. Yeah. And I was going to ask, right, like, um, did you do a, like, as we used to call it, a spit bath? Like, okay, you know, like, go to the, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, no, no, no. I had a complete, I mean, I'm, you know. Yeah. Well, you had a hotel room, so yeah. California, you know, yeah. I, you know, I'm an, a part-time actor too, so I had a full costume change. I had, oh. a, I had my Springsteen outfit that I had to wear, so I yeah. went from complete, you know, I think it was t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops into you know my Springsteen, you know, riding boots and the the jeans and the vest, the whole whole. Oh, night. nice. Was, was was there a component? Am I making this up that they were only going to let a certain amount of people in? The, yeah, there was a cutoff. The yeah. cutoff. Okay, because yeah. I, I remember arriving and I was just briskly walking the it was already wrapped around the building when i got there yeah i was guesstimating how many people was like is this even worth my time and yeah. i remember i guesstimated about i was maybe 50 people outside the cutoff yeah we were we were towards the end 
Yeah. And so I was like, if I start now, I have a shot and there's no guarantee I'm going to get in. Well, one of the things that me, same thing, right? Like it's, 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 uh, the book place is the place in Austin. And so you, we were wrapped around the building. Um, and I ended up getting around some good people. They talked about like one guy had seen him. The only time he'd ever seen him was when he plays jazz fest. He's seen him both times he played at jazz fest. So we talked about that. It was everything. So what got me is, um, I really needed to use the bathroom. And I remember once we got in the building, um, I went, okay, can I, can I run to the bathroom and come back? And the lady running the line says, this really does move quick. I'm like, okay. So like I'm waiting and sure enough, man, uh, once we get the stairwell, cause he's upstairs, you know, it's moving quick, you know, it just going. And so I, you know, I, I did my thing and it, and it was around Bruce's birthday when we happened this, right? Because I remember one of the first signings, there was a place where you could drop off gifts. So I had written a letter explaining about the podcast, they included a flash drive of different episodes. And I put on the envelope, this is not a demo tape, um, you know, and I threw it in the box. Um, and I wore my Set Lessing Bruce podcast t-shirt. I because people said, are you going to tell them about the podcast? I said, no, I'm, you know, my six seconds, I am not going to waste it saying, hey, I do a podcast about you. Uh, And so the moment Bruce said, you know, hey, nice to meet you, man. You know, and I get my handshake and I looked at him and said, please, please do me. Uh, You know, I get the book and I run straight to the restroom, like, you know, like uh, Maslow rules of hierarchy, right. Or whatever it needs. Like that was it like, okay, the next thing I need to do. Oh my God. So yeah. So that's crazy. Oh, I, 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 I had touched his leg in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, I did that. uh, So I, I, cause I, I did like, shook his hand at the book signing and then a few months later i think it was a few months later i went and saw the river tour yeah. in St. Louis, and i was up at the catwalk and we like fist bumped we like, like yeah and then i i think i grabbed his calf and he looks down at me i'm like i don't know what you want me to do man like so, you know the other thing that i think is you mentioned about and you're 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 kind of serious about it but i am too I give all my, my, give my wife all credit. She is the one that supported me going to seeing him on Broadway. You know, someone in a Facebook group reached out to me and said, Hey, you said you're not going. Why aren't you going? Well, I can't get a ticket. And he goes, I can get you a ticket. He says, we've, we've been getting people tickets. Uh, If anyone, you know, deserves, you deserve to go Jesse. And so we figured out a way financially to do it. And so I went, um, but Bella Pori, who's been on the show multiple times, lives in the New York area, took the train in and met me for dinner. And we, we had dinner together. We laughed, we joked, we took pictures in front of the thing together. And I joke, and I'm not necessarily, tr- meeting her was almost as much fun as the show because you know you find this friend that i had met off on you know over the internet and we had done this online things and she'd been on the show multiple times and to get to spend that time with another just beautiful springsteen fan is beautiful so i when you guys talk about yes it's cool meeting him at the bookstore it's cool getting an autographed book but to find this new you know bond is just something pretty special yeah 
I waited outside Charlotte, North Carolina for tickets for the Magic Tour. And yeah. just it, there, there was not a huge crowd for tickets for this event. But um, I, it was me and a cop, a retired New York police officer, mm-hmm. just waiting in line. He just told me of the coolest cop stories. Oh, nice. And how much he loved Bruce Springsteen. It was just me and him for about eight hours, just swapping stories. It was one of them. I'll, I'll never forget that, dude. So much so, like, I didn't get his number, but in the show, I saw him in the crowd. And we, like, pointed at each other, like, hey, yeah. we did it. Man. Now, did yeah, you ask so, him about um, 41 shots? I'm- I would have had to ask him about 41 shots. Hmm. I, I may have done that. I don't remember okay, okay. doing that, but it, it probably came up in the eight hours. I, sure. I, ha- I have a feeling he, he probably got it. Or like he, he understood yeah. the message of the song. Yeah, if you're yeah. There, I think so as a true fan. Yeah, that's great. I, I remember, uh, and I, I mentioned that this was like my first concert ex- experience was going to see the Magic Tour in Chicago and I'd gone with some friends. But what I didn't say that I'll, I'll kind of add to this now, and I'm curious if you guys have ever seen him do this. But so we were kind of close up to the front of the stage. We were maybe like a row or two behind in, in the standing area. And he had seemed to really connect with the younger people there in the crowd tonight. Like he was really excited and he made a comment um like he said like i'm gonna do some of my young man's music uh when he came out and started the encore and instead of doing girls in their summer clothes and thundercrack he just went right into thunder road um and because there was like these this these two like 10 year old boys that were up kind of towards the front and so he seemed to be really connected to the you know the younger people that were there and my friends and i we were like in our mid-20s and at the very end, like the, after the final song that he played, which I think was American Land, he's like walking around the stage and he just starts pointing like directly at us and making eye contact. And we're like, what the does this mean? Like, 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 is he thanking us? Like, did, we're, like, were we the driving force tonight? Are we going backstage? What's gonna happen? Like, so yeah, I just like, I just remember like, like just like eye contact with Bruce and him pointing right at me and my, and my friends and, and i do remember in the when we got through the line at barnes and noble like it was only three seconds but i will remember forever just like you know my like my arms around him we got the picture and he just and he just goes like as he's sending you off with a handshake it's like that was a good one and then you just like <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny um you know so one of the things that i had on the agenda was to talk about how you guys met but you guys have already shared that um why why what the conversation has been kind of bruce i mean this is kind of how it goes though yeah it's bruce is maybe the catalyst but you know the friendship and the relationships and the energy that comes from people that are the springsteen fans is really really the engine it's really the the driving force that uh puts everything there so it's you know it's I was going to say when we were talking about, uh, you know, your experience of the the cop that you met, uh, yeah. Ryan, and, uh, you know, I'm Gen X, so we used to get our tickets in a different way. We used to wait right. in line for tickets, wait for the ticket master to open. And for certain types of shows, you'd see the same people in line. And so yeah. you would, you'd see those people and then you, you'd see them at the show and, you know, buy beers for them, hang out. It, it, becomes kind of this little click of friends and i think i don't know it's it's something i missed but something that i really gained like times a thousand when i met these guys at the signing ken rosen had written an article for the fifth anniversary of the show and he said that one of the things in covid is we're missing is connection 
And that's what this podcast has kind of been for him. And I hadn't thought about it, but I think that is um, kind of the beauty of this is, you know, getting to hear other people who love Bruce tell their story and having you guys share. It's kind of amazing. Now, have you guys ever gotten to see a show together? We have not. We have not. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, On the list. I don't think there's been any, any tours. Right we have met yeah we, we uh, so we we're, we're at the same anaheim show yeah. oh right yeah yeah jeff were you, you also at the, at, at the i was at the anaheim show yeah yeah uh and which which tour was that that was uh that, wrecking ball no yeah ball. wrecking ball yeah wrecking ball yeah so yeah we, we and then all... well uh, we uh casey and i think the last show we saw in los angeles my daughter and i we went to see the uh the last show at the la sports arena so the um, river river tour river tour yeah. yep yep so I always preface this question with the amount of times you've seen Bruce isn't, isn't a fair barometer of how big a fan you are. Yeah. I would hope no Bruce fan would ever like diminish another Bruce fan because they don't have all the records or they have yeah. time. Exactly. Because, you know, there are, I've had people on the show that have never seen him live, but are just fanatical fans. And then there's people that, you know, have seen him because they, grew up in the seventies in New York, Jersey, Philly that have seen him hundreds of times, you know, but for the record, uh, Ryan, how many times have you seen him? Do you count? Like, like not, not in person, but just in the show. Yeah, Just in shows. Or you can count in person, you know, I've seen, I, okay. I saw, I saw the uh, rising tour. Okay. No, that was my first one. Uh, uh, me, me and my buddy had the leads in the high school play. We, we skipped the last dress rehearsal to drive to Alabama from Arkansas uh, all night and went straight back and went straight to school the next day. Uh, Rising Tour, Magic Tour in Charlotte, uh, Wrecking Ball in Anaheim, and the, the River Tour in St. Louis. And then I saw him outside my job, which is a story I'll tell if we have time. Oh, I absolutely want to hear that one. Let's not forget that. Okay. And then, yeah. And then, you know, I, I uh, and then the uh, book signing and yeah, it's, yeah. There you okay, go. good. Jeff, how about you? Uh, I've seen every tour except for the, I didn't see the, the, uh, the session band. I don't think they played around here or if they did, I missed it. Uh, but since, um, human touch and lucky town. Okay. Uh, I was, I was too young to see, uh, the tunnel of love or born in the USA. My parents didn't want me to go to Right. Concerts back then, but uh, seen, I've seen pretty much every tour, at least one show since then. Okay, and I've seen him in Vegas, and then I, I did go to see the Broadway show. Okay. And, yeah, so I don't know if you know this website, but it's my boss time. So mm-hmm. I recommend you that um, it will take you down a rabbit hole. But if you go to my boss time, uh, you can create a f- free account. And then he has every show he's ever done, going back all the way to the beginning of his career to new. And you go and you select the shows you've been to. And then behind the scenes, it will tell you what's your most heard song, what's your least heard song, what are your rarities, what percentage of each album you've heard live. It's it's pretty fascinating. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun rabbit to go hold. I, I think I would really enjoy like watching the, the different the evolutions of the set lists. Yeah, it does. It had that. And so uh, like the rising is the only song I've heard on every show. 
I've gone to 16, 17 shows and uh, you would think it'd be Born to Run or, you know, but no, The Rising is the only show he's played at every uh, show I've gone to. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So um, that's because like you, uh, Ryan, The Rising was my first show. Yeah. Yeah. Before cool. then, I was a, I mean, I was a casual fan, uh, passionate, but not obsessed. Once you see him live, I think, you know, a, fl- a switch flips. Does he always have someone playing the violin on the rising? Is it always, uh, who is it? Uh, Suze? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he does it alone on Broadway. And then uh, my second show was a Devils and Dust tour. Yeah. So that's why he didn't Born to Run, but he did do the rising acoustical. So wow. yeah, that was it. Um, can so, I, can no, I throw something in real quick? Anytime. Uh, so, one of my favorite things about connecting with people that like are, are a fan of, of the same thing that you are, but particularly with Bruce Springsteen, is that uh, I love watching the concert DVDs and the documentaries. Yes. And so you can, it's like you have the same language or the, the same things that like, oh, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, here in the, in the shadows by myself, like somebody else like actually gets these DVDs and watches through them and knows like, like this version of this song or from this show or, um, and so Ryan and I, we carpool to work and and I feel like this comes up a lot. And we actually, we got in a, not an argument, but like, like a a debate about the, the, like the credits on, on uh, whether the Wrecking Ball album was an E Street album or was it just like more of a session musician album? Which I said, uh, it's session musicians. Yeah. And so we actually like went through the, kind of like checked the liner notes just mm-hmm. to, to, you know, sure. see, see if, is it more of like a solo album or an E Street album? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I still believe it, it is an E Street I think it's an E Street album. No, it's, it's <laughs> not, it's it's not. The, the, the band plays on like together on two songs and the rest of it is just like composites from it's a bunch of other sessions. They board behind it. Who's ever on stage with him is the Easter Band. So I I I would vote for that too. Wrecking Ball is one of my favorite albums, so yes, I would vote for that. Um, I could not. I really did not realize the um, the amount of um, band tour. I was going to say um, meaningless arguments, but let's just say banter, right? Of when I went up to. Um, jersey to see one of the final shows of the river tour uh you know he did that three um there at met stadium or met you know arena i guess stadium he did that three shows and i was at the second and there was debate on was it the longest show or was it not and the whole idea of okay do you start the clock when the first band member comes on stage do you work start the clock when bruce walks on is it when he says good evening and i was like because like you know someone's like no it didn't break four hours it was three hours you know 57 minutes and i'm like f it guys that's four hours okay but to me that kind of and there's no no disrespect to anybody that's doing that i mean i understand fan obsessiveness i mean i really do but to me the best shows are the ones that i really feel that he's really into and so i count encores Mm. if he's if he's doing more encores if he's doing more songs in the encores or 
different or he goes he calls back to the band and he's like all right all right we're gonna try this one out that's something yeah. new he's gonna try i mean look i got chills thinking about that right now it's like that's oh. that's to me that that's really the the mark of an of an amazing a plus show well on the, on the river tour, he played the whole album and then yeah. he did 45 minutes yes. an hour of encore right yeah yeah he, he did on the lights and just did more yeah. i mean he did the river like i love to meet me in the city i think that was a great song i wish it should stay in the regular rotation uh, you know but and then he did the river and then i'm like a and i apologize if you're not a bruce fanatic but then why the f are you listening to this podcast then what a regular musician he did a set list that would be a regular show for any other musician right like once he finishes the river he kind of did a mini greatest hits you know mm-hmm. set you know um and it was amazing uh i i gotta tell you jeff i i had that moment i was in louisville kentucky um he had done um you know shout and they the show was over right they do you being the east you know the heart stopping blah 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 and um and the band had locked off stage and i saw max walk to the front and hand his drumsticks to someone and uh and all of a sudden bruce picked up a guitar and you saw them looking and all of a sudden they came back and they did bobby jean nice you know and i said the feeling was like uh about four o'clock on christmas day if you celebrate the holiday and all of a sudden you go hey there's a present underneath this tree that we've forgotten to look at, you know, like, Hey, let's do this. And it was such a bonus and a little surprise that he would did that. So that's, that's great. I think that's an absolutely perfect, you know, let's go back just for a minute. Um, and I know Levi's story and we're going to get Ryan's in a minute. We'll start with you, Jeff. How did you originally find Bruce and what about him spoke to you? If you can articulate it. Cause many times my guests can't, say why his music spoke to him so much well it was a girl diane mcbride oh she want to say they're always it's always a girl right got it you got to meet diane diane is still a uh, a kick-ass complete and utter uh bruce springsteen fanatic um and uh no it's really it's due to her uh that uh well i want you to play set up Okay. Um, I need I, to have her on the show. So yeah. So we'll we'll uh, I'll see if I can uh, connect you with her. But she was um, she was two years older than me in high school. I was a, a freshman in the theater group. Um, she was in the theater group. She drove a bright red Carmen Ghia. Uh I mean, she's you know, and just stunning. She just I mean, Diane is still just so cool. And I thought she was the just absolute bee's knees. And she happened to live near me. So like, you know, sometimes from after rehearsal, whatever, she dropped me off. And of course I had, you know, it's huge crush, but she's unattainable and never was, it was always just kind of friendship. And that's, it's totally cool. But we would, we would talk about Stephen King and we would talk about Bruce Springsteen and listen to Springsteen on the drive. And um, that's, that's where it started. And uh, I'd always been in, big into music. My mom was an Elvis person. So we're Elvis family. Um, I was, uh, at that point, I think I was a huge journey fan. I uh, loved, uh, everything about journey and just, uh, you know, the way that the, the songs were crafted, but I'd never, so it's, these are, these are song 
song stylist kind of in a way. Not to take away from uh, the, some of the journey uh, songwriting in terms of pop music. I mean, they're like, you know, top, top knees, top drawer there. But to actually have a, a story, like one of my, okay, so just rewind that real quick back to Elvis. In the Ghetto was always one of my favorite Elvis songs. The story of it, you know, I've always dug that kind of thing. And that was, my dad always liked folk kind of music, stuff like that, but not really, he wasn't really a big music guy. But anyway, to, to have somebody who could write a song and tell the story himself, it just, it blew me away. And yeah. so it was, uh, it, it was a, a love story uh, from then. And uh, yeah, I will always be thankful to, uh, to Diane McBride for, uh, for opening this door for me. And it's been, it's been a wonderful journey. And like, uh, you know, you're a 15 year old kid, heartbreak, uh, hope, despair, joy. I mean, it's, it's all there. And, uh, you know, I remember the first time I, I ever heard Darkness on the Edge of Town all the way through. The, the album from, from Badlands all the way through Darkness. I mean, I played Racing on the Street on repeat probably thousands of times in my room. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you mentioned this, and I just found this. Back in September 2020, Amanda Lear from McSweeney's uh, did an article, Bruce Springsteen or Stephen King. And I tweeted it, but you take Mary out for a nice drive, disaster ensures. Is that Bruce Springsteen or Stephen King? <laughs> bit by bit, this town is killing you. Uh, you used to see Janie around, but she's gone now. Your clothes don't fit you anymore. You feel like you're shrinking. And then at the very bottom, she says the answer is um, all of them. Like um, the... Uh, this was the dancing in the dark reference for sure. Yeah. Like the, they said the one, your clothes don't fit me now or streets of Philadelphia and thinner. Okay. So anyway, um, I've reached out to her. I hope she's going to be on the podcast, but I will send you guys this link. It is hilarious. It ends <laughs> up being, uh, she found a link for both all those things, but it is, you do go to go. This could be Stephen King. This could be. All right. Well, Ryan, talk to me, share me how you found Bruce and if you can articulate why he meant something to you. Oh man. I was just telling, I was just telling Levi this the other night coming home from work. So it's one of those moments. It's, oh, man, it's weird. It's one of those moments like the uh, Beatles were, were my first love. And like, like, like the Beatles were the first band where I bought every album, listened to every song, knew all the lyrics, you know? And then I, I was, I was a nineties kid. I grew up in the nineties, got into pop music, whatever, like was on MTV after I got home. And then there's something about like having a car and once you get a car and you can dictate your own radio and you can like go wherever there's like the certain freedom that you, that you get with having a car. So when I turned 16, I was driving home from school to like three thirty four o'clock. There's a classic rock station, the point 94.1, which I don't even think is around. It might still be there. I hope it is. And I just like, I turn on, I want to say right at the, like at that, at that, like, like, right when the song started, and it was born to run. And I heard, like, it just floored me when I was driving home. Like, I couldn't, I was like, what, what the f is this? Like, I, because, like, the point, like, Classic Rock Station, they don't play a lot of Bruce Springsteen. Classic Rock, they, they really don't. They don't play a lot of Bruce, and I get it. It's not, like, in the regular programming. So 
this was a rarity for them to even play Born to Run. And after the song ended, I was in my driveway at home waiting for the song and I called the radio station. I was like, hey, what was that song? He goes, oh, it's Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. I was like, okay. Like, and then the uh, next day at school, I was talking to my friend Drew and Drew was this guy I looked up to. He was like this rebel. It's like guys always getting like sent home or suspended or whatever. I was like, Drew, have you heard of uh, the song Born to Run? He goes, Piercy Man, I'm about to change your life. And the next day he brought me his scratched up copy of the greatest hits. And I swear to God, just like every day from my junior year to my senior year in high school, me and my friends would sit in my car at, from 8 a.m. to 8.29 before the bell rang in my car in the parking lot and play whatever Bruce Springsteen album I had found that week. So I'm thinking of that scene or Blinded by the Light, right, where he meets his friend yeah. and he puts those two cassettes. Yeah. Like Bruce is the key to everything that's good in this crappy world, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's great. I love that. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, like, and I, I will admit, uh, I didn't – it's one of those things, like, after I heard the greatest hits, you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. And then you start into the albums mm-hmm. and – I didn't love every album the first list. I was like, what is he doing? What is this? Right. Like, like, like when Jeff says he loved Darkness so much, like I listen to Darkness and it sounds like, I don't know if this is my jam, man. Yeah. But like every listen just like dug deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper into it. You could hit your core and then like it's a part of you and it's too late. Well, mm-hmm. I've told the story multiple times that right out of high school, way back in the dark ages, 1977, um, I discovered the Beach Boys by buying an eight track called Endless Summer. Yeah. And I just fell in I, love. An eight track is. Yeah, exactly. Um, someone on Twitter said, uh, I am uh, albums and cassettes old. And I said, I am eight track and 45s <laughs> old. Um, and so, you know, I'm doing exactly what a lot of Bruce fans do. I'm trying to find every Beach Boy, you know, album i can find and when i picked up pet sounds for the first time i went what the f is this i mean this is not the beach boys this is there's a couple songs where they don't even sing what is this um and you know i think i imagine a lot of people felt that way after buying born in the usa then you get tunnel of love and it's like wait a minute this isn't dancing in the dark too this isn't what what is this and it's um and i think we true fans um like i i was not a fan of the seeger sessions album so i didn't even try to go to the show and now that then when i bought because of course i bought everything i'm a completist when i bought the live in dublin i went holy crap how did i miss this show Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, my buddy Sam said it was he is um, he said it's as close to religious experience as I've ever had. He mm-hmm. said, forget going to temple when I was a kid. Forget my bar mitzvah. You know, forget all of that. Seeing the Seeger uh-huh. Sessions band live was as close as I've had to feeling like I knew God. Dude, you know, I, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm basically in like an atheist. But yeah. like, like. When you're when it's 2002 and you and your best friend are driving from Arkansas, you've never left the state really outside of Memphis, so like Tennessee to Alabama. We had paper maps, yeah, you know, and we're just blindly going like east to Alabama, and we're just like, oh, let's sign this Civic Center. Maybe this is it. Oh, let's just turn left here. Let's oh, let's just park right here. Oh, there's the line of people. Like you don't you, you like you like couldn't call anyone to find that, and we just happened to find the right line. You that's know, awesome. That is great. Crazy. We don't to this day, we don't know how we did that. 
we have no idea how we got there on you're time. being summoned yeah it's like he's summoned like, exactly right there, there absolutely is a complete spiritual component to it um i i would say not an atheist more on the searching kind of agnostic side yeah. Mm -hmm. but yeah most of my spiritual experiences uh, catharsis has been in rock shows yeah I, we have a um one of my brothers uh, there's a podcast called Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, where JB and Rob uh, have gone through every Springsteen song in alphabetical order. And um, Rob is a pastor of a, a church here in the DFW area. And he said, in, a, in another life, Bruce Springsteen is a Southern Baptist preacher. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, like you could just see him when he's, when he's oh, talking about it, you know. Because we can pretend to do it. I mean, it's, you know, it's very yeah. much this revival thing that he does. But yes. I, I would disagree slightly with your brother that uh, there's a little too much Catholic guilt there for the true Southern Baptist right. preaching to be going well, on. We said in another life. That's what yeah. he was saying. In another life. But, but is it Bruce him. without that guilt? I mean, is it Bruce I don't know. That's that, true. You know, that, that whole thing hanging around and then that idea of, you know, penance for forgiveness. It's, you know, yeah. there's something there. It is. It's very interesting. Um, so I'm going to kind of throw us um, and, and Levi jump in you well as well, but, you know, I, I was, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was about the, the venom about him doing the Jeep ad. Now I expected the people going, Oh, he's sold out, you know, and I'm like, screw it. Guy wants to do an ad. He wants an ad. I thought the message was really beautiful. Um, I am by heart. I am I am I am strongly left-leaning Democrat. I think Republicans are a bunch of you know, hypocrites. We talked about this before we hit record, but I do understand the message of we need to find you want safe borders, I want safe borders. How do we do that together? I want, you know, uh, I want everyone to have health insurance. You want everyone to have health insurance. We have to find a way to do it. That's what the message is to me. Sure. So, but the people are like it's a church with a Christian. I'm not, I'm an atheist. I'm Jewish. How is that? So both of you guys have expressed and Levi, what were your thoughts about the Jeep commercial? And it's a safe place. You're okay to say you didn't like it. Uh, I liked it. I, the whole message of the middle, and I kind of expressed this to you in an email that yes. I look at it more of being a, a metaphor for being yes. willing to put yourself out there and talk to someone that you do not agree with. And I, I, I just based this on my own experience of being in like, you know, one of only two or three uh, progressives or, you know, liberals inside my own family in yeah. Louisiana. So when I go home, I, I am far outnumbered around the dinner table or if we have other family over, like right before the, the election, the weekend before, it was like 15 to one, you know, yeah. everyone else versus me. But if I wasn't willing to sit down and try to engage with someone that I completely disagree with. And it's not, sometimes it's not even a disagreement. It's saying, well, I don't even think this is a political issue. This yeah. is, this is hate versus love. Right. Um, but I am still willing to put myself out there to engage with someone in the hopes that maybe there's some, either big change, incremental change that can happen. And I think it's a very idealistic thing. And that to me, that tracks with Bruce Springsteen is yeah. 
uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of living for your better, your better angels, I guess, yes. as he says, and yeah. uh, just being willing to to put yourself out there. Um, so that's what I take from it. I I'm not entirely a, like a Bruce apologist, so I don't feel like I have to say. I don't have to make up some reason for him as to why yeah. he did it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Good. Ryan? Oh, man, I did not like it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fine. At all. Uh, mostly, um, I, oh, and I, 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 I get people change and they grow and they have different set of values. Uh, I guess like my, my Bruce Springsteen is the guy in the 80s saying Ronald Reagan is wrong. This yeah. is wrong. Um, that that guy would not have said, hey, let's all sit down and talk about this. That guy was more like things have to change now. Okay. Um, and even a lot of like, I think a lot of people can listen to Born in the USA right now and still relate to a lot of what's going on. Even stuff yeah. on the senior sessions, like all those like those like like folk tunes on the secret session, they still apply to how a lot of people are living today and how a lot of people feel today. So when you see a guy and sponsored by Jeep, if, you know, if, it, if he had paid for it on his own, I maybe I, I do feel different about it, which has been like exorbitant amount of money, obviously, but to know that Jeep's behind it and at the heart, at the heart of it, they're selling a car Yeah. at the heart of it. Yeah. So the heart of it isn't even meeting and sitting down with someone to talk about something. It's still selling a car. Okay. Um, that's, that, that's how I view it. So, yeah. Hey, um, Jeff? I'm older. How do I unfriend someone on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay, I so said this was a safe place. Yes. Well, yeah, you said it's a safe place. <laughs> Making note to edit out Jeff's of uh, Ryan's thoughts. Right? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, Jeff. Exactly. No, just exactly. kidding. Censored. Yes. Well, of course, it's cancel culture, right? Yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, full disclosure: I'm also a Jeep owner. Yeah. Okay. So, Jeep uh, owner too. Yeah. 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 Me... And uh, I got I got texts from friends like immediately. Did you tell Bruce to make a Jeep commercial? <laughs> yeah. So uh, just I'm gonna I'm gonna couch mine in just kind of a response to Ryan and just honestly and I love your opinion. I'm just I'm totally kidding. And so yeah, we, I I I agree to disagree respectfully. Um, I I can't speak to the money aspect of it because we don't know what he got paid if he got paid or if that all went to uh, feeding hunger in America, like one of his charities that he supports. We don't, we don't know that. And he's classy enough that we'll never know that. And he made a, got a boatload. Um, I know from the eighties, like Chrysler was chasing him to do, uh, they wanted born in the USA for a Chrysler campaign. They wanted to give him a boatload of money yes. way back then. Um, but if you listen to the live album, and this was, uh, you know, the live 75 to 85 album. Awesome. He does this whole rap about um, Woody Guthrie uh, before he does This Land is Your Land. And it was talking about how that book had kind of changed his mind and opened his eyes up to, you know, some of the, the struggles and people. And I mean, I think that led to, you know, some of his folkier stuff going from, you know, you can see like a through line from, you know, Promised Land uh, in through some of the the later songs in the river, um, you know, like Stolen Car, uh, straight into Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, in Nebraska is just nothing but this 
you know, littered wasteland of an America that has been that is left behind, you know, the workers, the people that actually built it, um, just left them nothing but shreds. But there's always hope. He always had that hope and that hope of an America that is for everyone. So I, I think that he was always about that message of togetherness. And I think it's, it's always been there. It's never been as blatant. I'll, I'll agree with you there. It's always been couched in, yeah. in kind of a musical, more of a, the poetry that he gives. But, but I, I don't know. I, I think he's always tried to talk about that middle because he's a guy. What, what's that line from, uh, from uh, Human Touch or Lucky Town where he's, uh, you know, he's a, uh, you know, he's a rich man in a poor man's shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I, and we were talking about, uh, I think I might have been right before we hit record or right at the beginning where Betsy Hodges, the former mayor of Minneapolis, <laughs> she shared with me that her perspective, Jeep was willing to pay him a lot of money to do a message that he believed in and gave him an opportunity to share. And so that's maybe why that is her opinion, why he, she decided to do it. But I certainly get why you would feel that way, Ryan. And, and I, and like I said, I expected people to have a problem with him quote unquote selling out. What I was not surprised about the people on the right and people on the left arguing about the message you know like like the hang on go ahead selling out like if you sell an album you sell out okay then i'm using the wrong word i'm sorry no no and i i I think people misuse that term or that idea okay yeah like selling out like if 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 you if you do something you wouldn't normally do for the money i get selling out but if you're making it's capitalism we're selling yes i get it but the idea that we even know where the middle is Good point. I think is asinine. Well, and what I loved is what I've, I felt bad is like, you know, he's grabbing the ground. And he says the very ground are on. That's stolen ground. I'm like, okay, it's only a two minute commercial. There's only so much. Like, where are you going to put in? You know, asterisk. By the way, I realize this is not fair to the Native Americans whose land we stolen. In you know parentheses, and so well, I think that commercial uh, was aimed at conservatives. I don't yeah. think it's aimed for people who think like he does most of the yeah. time. I yeah. think it's aimed at the people. Well, and, I mean, the whole idea. I mean, I'm. I mean, I only saw it the the four times I watched it on repeat that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, wasn't wasn't the whole thing? I mean, the the very ground we stand on is common ground, yeah. and this particular church is and i didn't look it up i mean i just kind of took his word for it and yeah it is officially the 48 it is the central it is close to the center of the 48 that we can get to so yeah you know that's and the idea is it's supposed to be some middle ground but i mean unfortunately you know i don't want to go like too deep into politics we we don't we've never lived in an area where you can completely have common ground we we live in a a, a republic that's based on compromise and that means there is going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser somehow every yeah. uh, the most perfect compromise is everybody's pissed winners and losers and then don't get caught on the wrong line i think exactly. someone once said yeah. it home. but but i did love the person who tweeted um the reaction of bruce's middle commercial shows how far away we are from the middle <laughs> you know and i don't remember who said that that's great I, and we've we've talked an hour and I don't know how much time you guys are, but I can't let you go. Okay. Uh, you, Ryan, you've got a story to tell. 
Oh no! I okay, yeah. Uh, what what was it? Um, how you oh, met him outside your work? Oh, dude! Oh man! Oh man! That was so cool. That was okay. cool my entire life, dude. Like, and it's even—it's not even that cool. But like for me, it's like amazing. Like, um, oh man! Like how do how do I even set this up? Like, I, okay, I was I was a doorman. I was a like I guess bouncer for like not really a bouncer. I was a doorman at at the Hollywood Improv here in L.A. Okay. And and so I was like, it, it was an early shift. It was like. 4 four thirty five o'clock in the afternoon and the improv is located right next to this super bougie uh department store uh eatery area called fred siegel you like it's super famous you'll see in a okay. bunch of pictures and so my 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 post is usually right outside the door i have a podium i might have a book i talk to the comics as they come in and this one guy he walks past me he goes uh bruce springsteen's next door i go what he goes and I, I everyone's doing bits. You can never tell who's telling the truth. Right. Ever with these comics. He's like, yeah, no, no, I'm still like, this is me and Bruce Springsteen. I took a picture. He's like next door. I go, what? And then I, and I never leave my post, Jesse. I never leave my post. Yeah. I put down my book. I walked away from work and I went next door. Yes. And I'm like, I'm dressed in all black. I got a leather jacket looking super cool and my black jeans. I'm looking, I'm looking what? What? Like, I'm just, I'm just saying what to myself over and over and over again. And I don't see him. I'm like, I missed him. So I'm walking back across the street to where I work. And then I hear an engine rumbling, like no joke. Like it was like this engine, this muscle car is rumbling out of the parking lot down the street. I turn around and he's in the car with Patty. It's like this muscle car. I couldn't tell you what car it was. It was super amazing. And I turn around and I think I'm going to walk to the car and I stop myself like a force field stopped me. And he sees me and we're locking eyes. And I just, I just point, I go, and he goes, like that, like, <laughs> and then Patty is laughing. So his, I can hear Patty hysterically laughing. Mm-hmm. I just raised my fist like Judd Nelson in the breakfast club. <laughs> yeah. and he's laughing and Patty's laughing. He just like waves with his hand. I go, bye. And then that was it. And then, and then a few months later, I, I, I fist bumped him at the, at the, at the concert and the book signing. And it was, yeah. Oh, I'll hey, it's the creepy car guy. Yeah, yeah. that would be funny yeah. if he said, hey. I really hope he remembers my, like, part of me wants to say, like, I think I know this guy. Like, yeah. you know, uh, who knows? Maybe. That's awesome. That's, yeah. I love that story. That's a great story. Before we get out of here, any thoughts on Letter to You? Yeah, I wasn't a fan to start with. Uh, you texted me. Yeah, you, like, shot me a text. Yep. And I, I was not a big fan, but... Uh, it is really, really grown on me, like a yeah. lot. Um, uh, the, the multiple listens has really done something for it. And then that, uh, the Janie Needs a Shooter, that song, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's classic. I mean, that, that one, I don't know if he's been holding on to that mm-hmm. or something, but it's, that's a Pantheon song. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to hear that live mine is if i was a priest and i've said this multiple times i think it's what outlaw pete wanted to be oh i love that's, outlaw pete people hate outlaw pete i love outlaw pete so much that's okay it's okay we all that's all right Brian, unfriend here, here's where we're back buddy i love that's outlaw pete there we go oh, yes. the both of you oh these these i bought the children's book for for casey come on that album, right. if you took, if you took Matt t- and working on a dream and combine it into one album, it'd be like the best Bruce album of all time. Well, and you know what's, um, I felt this, 
I felt the same way. I did not like Outlaw Pete till I bought the children's book and read it and looked at the pictures. And I went, oh, I like the song a lot more now that I've read the book. And I don't know why it should matter, but yeah. it did. This Life on, on Working on a Dream, great track. I love this life. Uh, great track. Working on a Dream, great track. Yeah. Um, like Tomorrow Never Knows. Tomorrow Never Knows. Good, like... Yeah, yeah, it has the fucking supermarket song. Like, okay, so what? Like, it's, oh man, it feels like it's a great B side album, and Bruce fans aren't expecting a B sides album, and that's yeah. what it is. What have I not asked you that I should have? Um, and we'll start with you, Ryan. You, I don't like you can, you haven't asked me so many things. Jesse, like, well, and I'm hoping that I can have both of you individually join me and we'll do a more traditional episode where we talk about what kind of music you listen to growing up, favorite yeah. albums, songs, wish list of what you want to see live. I mean, I would well, love to have both of you on. This, I, I like, I'd be happy with that. Songs yeah. now were like I, from, from different artists, and I think, oh, Bruce Springsteen should cover this. Yeah. Like, there's so mm. many, like, I would like Bruce Springsteen to cover so many Lady Gaga songs, mm-hmm. or like, or like, or like if Lady Gaga covered the whole Born to Run album, yeah, um, that would slap so hard. Yeah. That would be so amazing. I like that. Have you ever yeah. heard? Uh, I know he's I know he's on the outs right now, but Ryan Adams did all of uh, Taylor Swift's 1989 album. Yeah, yeah. great, great. And it's it's awesome. It's really amazing. good. It's amazing. So you know, yeah. one of the things Ken Rosen, who does you know that daily blog will do cover me and i've ended up having this youtube i have a youtube playlist of all these covers he's brought out of springsteen covers because just it's been so much fun so yes i uh uh, i am not one of those guys that um when he does a cover live you go damn it i'd rather hear something new it all depends on you know they're usually fun and Joe LeBlanc is one of the covers I'm chasing because I, I grew up in Louisiana and so I would love to hear him do that live uh how about have you, you Jeff do, uh, one one headlight with the wallflowers wow oh, he, I, yeah. I, I, I've actually there's he's done it he did it with uh with Jacob mm-hmm. At the, the MTV VMAs had it on VHS tape word out I can go on LimeWire and download that illegally. <laughs> hey, I, I love like, when uh, he and Melissa Etheridge did uh, Thunder Road. Oh, right. oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you heard her tell that story during this yeah. lockdown? Did you hear her tell the story about how she kept screwing it up in the rehearsal? I see oh, wow. that is listen to that story and then watch the tape again. And it is hilarious because you see him laughing at a certain spot because she kept messing up and he was surprised that she didn't mess up. And so, um, Jeff, how about you? Anything that I should have asked you with the understanding, I'm going to have both of you guys on separately so we can have a whole discussion. Well, actually, I'm surprised we haven't talked about tequila. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really thought that was going to be a big topic because that's been, Bullshit, man. Um, you know, as I'm, I mean, I don't know about these two midnicks down here, but uh, I'm the, I'm the Springsteen guy among all the friends that I've got. And okay. so, you know, the, even more than the Jeep thing, I've got, I've gotten pinged on that tequila, like this drunk driving yeah. thing. More than anybody. Stop thinking. Like, does he? I don't. Like, I'm not saying. Okay, so I have a, I have a, I have a theory. I have a theory. Okay, let's yeah. share a theory. 
So let's, I don't know what the geography is, but from what I understand is that he was on or near his motorcycle in a parking lot of some area. In a national a, park. In a national park. And a cop sees a guy from a distance take a shot and then take another shot. He's going to come over and talk to that guy. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And see him get on his bike. I mean, he's going to, and I, I think that maybe that's kind of what happened. That's the yeah. way that, that I've pictured it in my mind. But Again, like we were talking about with the other stuff, everything gets so big nowadays. Yeah. And there's so much speculation and so much time for speculation that it takes on a life of its own. It's kind of I, I think the 0.02 blood alcohol level yes. supports your theory. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do too. And I actually do because I know um I had a member of my family get a DWI and um I know how tough that was on them. And you know it took them almost a year before they finally ended up taking the deal that the prosecutor was offering. And then that was a year of being on probation, probation and community service and all this stuff. And um, so, you know, my first thought is, you know, Bruce has done nothing, nothing controversial, practically speaking, right? I guess he cheated on his first wife and ended up marrying Patty. But, you know, short of that, you know, he's just kind of been, he's just Bruce. And and maybe you not don't agree with this politics. So when you saw this, you're like, wow, that is so uncharacteristic. And then when you get, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story, right. Mike, he blew 0.02. What? he Now, someone brought up, it's COVID, Bruce. What are you doing drinking tequila from someone random at the uh you know uh alcohol kills germs yeah i guess so yes uh yeah i i do i am curious to see how this is going to work out and i do think it's going to be okay i think he will end up you know being found because i saw some new jersey attorney posted like once you're arrested uh they you know you have to go to court for them to dismiss it because even though he did 0.02 everything so and you you know bruce can afford a pretty good attorney yeah <laughs> I, I i really think it's a tempest in a teacup yes. but it's just he he doesn't do a commercial yeah it ironically it happens to be for a car company and yes then a dwi right there but the but the most amazing part is how was this tucked away since november yeah, yeah. that is very crazy and you wonder if the police were kind of embarrassed about it. Like, holy, like, how did you arrest Bruce effing Springsteen in Jersey, right? Like, well, Okay, I worked for the court. I happen to work for the court okay. system here in California. Okay. And um, any arrest record is public record. Right. People make a lot of money going through arrest records looking for famous names. Yeah. And, and this was federal. It was on federal land, so it's not New Jersey State. I'm not, yeah. so I'm not sure exactly how it's handled yeah. federally. Uh -huh. But maybe there's an automatic. Like I don't know. That's crazy, though, isn't it? Covered. But yeah, yeah. I, I, there is a chance he didn't know who Bruce Springsteen was. Like there's, I, there was that chance. I just In New Jersey. I, I I will say, like being a bouncer at the Improv, we had this guy who checked every ID, no matter who it was, because you know yeah. it's, it's a law. And he checked Michael Palin's ID from Monty Python. Uh -huh. It's like, hey, and I was like, you know, it's Michael Palin. I was like, who's that? Like, he didn't know, he didn't realize who, what, like, what he was doing. Wow. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it sucks. The whole thing's stupid. So yeah. Stupid. Uh, all right. Um, any final thoughts? 
Let's start with you, Levi. And you had said in advance, to be fair, Levi said, I've been on the show already. I'm going to let these two guys do most of the talking. So um, I appreciate you letting your friend shine. No, the, the, the only thing, uh, it's been, just been great to kind of have the guys on. And it makes me just want to go to a show together or do, so, do oh. some other communal yeah. experience. Maybe yes. like get to watch a concert DVD or something. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, well, I, I would love... I would love for, and, and I, we did this before COVID. I have about six friends that about every once a month we got together to play Texas Hold'em. And it's mostly excuse for us to just to tell stories. Like every once in a while, someone will come into the game that's really good at poker. And he'll like, well, I, I'm just betting the size of the pot. Like, dude, okay. Yeah. Don't be a World of Series poker asshole. That's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> the excuse for us eight to get together and just, you know, to complain about work, to, you know, complain about our kids, to just just to visit, to tell stories. Yeah. And so I, I get that feeling. I would love for us just to break bread together and just swap stories all night. So, yes. But anyway, continue, Levi. Uh, I guess the, the only the Bruce related thing for me recently is you were asking about letter to you when I've been on the show is right when it had first come out. So yes. I really into it, and it's kind of slipping for me. Right? Oh, okay. It's, it's riding a wave where my, um, my dad finally like sent me my, uh, he, he got it. He got me the vinyl for Christmas. Okay. So when I got it, it's broken up into, I guess, actually only three sides. So side B or side two is the one with like my favorite songs from the album. So I've been listening okay. to that a lot. And I, I'm plant sitting for a friend of mine that's away for a few weeks and they have Apple Plus. So I'm finally getting to watch oh, the, good. The, the, the film. And so it's kind of bringing me back into some things. And um, I, I, in the text thread that the three of us are on, I was telling them like, I, I love when Bruce does like the radio show and did the Broadway show. And I like hear, hearing him narrate things. But with this, it's like, sometimes Bruce, I wish you'd just shut up so I can see more interaction with the E street band. Like it's so cool. Yes. See how their what their process is. And yeah, uh, that's yeah, I really like Bruce versus this the, yeah. the real, the real guy, you know, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, it is great. By the way, if you get a chance, go through Ted Lasso. While oh, you have it, I tell everyone, great yeah, show. I mean, um, it, while you have a chance to Apple Plus, because um, you know, I was telling you guys, um, my son didn't have any power, so he came to the house on Tuesday night, and so Wednesday he said, "Okay, you keep talking about this stupid Ted Lasso." He said, "I am exhausted, but let's watch a couple of episodes." We went through six episodes on Wednesday night. He's like, "Okay." We'll finish up tomorrow night. It is it is truly something amazing. All right, uh, Ryan, how about you? Any final thoughts? Oh, uh, I was going to tell her how uh, when that when that new album came out, Levi came by and picked me up in my apartment. We just drove through desolate COVID Hollywood, like just empty streets. Just listened to the whole thing straight through. I, I like from from like what I recall, like we we like felt like. It, it didn't it wasn't like a brand new album basically is a lot of stuff that he was holding on to like we could pick out every song like yeah. what era we think the song was originally written in um but overall i he, he sounded lively he sounded energetic uh yeah i was not a wrecking ball fan i am not not some of his stuff i think does not sound great in the studio but you hear it live it's like oh i wish this is amazing this is what i want yeah. to listen to 
but I loved I loved almost every track on the review. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, I, I will, and, and, and we, we've talked about this, Levi, we're like, uh, I just, I feel like he doesn't have someone in the room now to tell him no, when like, like Stevie was that person from what I've read, and I was like, no, I mean, you can't do it, you gotta do it this way, and now he just doesn't have anyone in that room, so like every take, some, like, some of the songs feel like first takes, when like maybe he should have worked on that song so a little bit longer. What's interesting is in the film, there is that scene where you see little Steven giving advice and you go from me, I go, this is why little Steven knew he could play Silvio because he looked like Silvio talking to Tony uh, Soprano, yeah. you know, with that little scene of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. How about you, Jeff? Final thoughts? Oh, it was just, uh, you know, this, thank you. This is my first, uh, first podcast experience. Uh, you know, looking to dip my toe in it actually myself. Uh, Good. I'll have a plug. I have a plug later. Okay. Um, and, uh, but uh, mostly just, man, amazing to see my friends, uh, again. And like, I always feel like, you know, that these are two cool LA dudes. I've come to see, gotten to see Levi play before, you know, a couple of his different shows, you know, brought girls to those shows. It's always, always worked out pretty well. <laughs> yes. Nice. And, uh, I haven't, hey, haven't you want to meet the band? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hang out with the, rock star you know friend yeah. and of course you know he looks the part he's got the you know the the great outfits on you yes know, the guitar slung down low this one's for my friend jeff and then he's like you know <laughs> comes out here. Um, awesome. i haven't i haven't got to see ryan do uh, his stand-up yet but it's uh it's coming it's coming so um okay. yeah but uh mostly just uh this is what it's been like it just we get around each other there's so many great ideas so much great energy and uh you know, just uh, thank you to Bruce for uh, for creating this environment and this energy where we can we can have this talk. That sounds great. Thank All you, right. Uh, how about social media? Do you guys uh, are you guys on Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am. All right. All right. So Ryan, what's your Twitter handle? What is my handle? I think I think it's at real r h p r e a l r h p. I think that's what it is. You want to double check and email me? <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And Levi, I know I have yours, but go ahead and give it. Uh, but I'm I'm on uh, Instagram, and it's L P and the R P. And uh, I do. I, our band has a couple of new songs that we put out in December. Oh, nice. That people can buy the link is up on uh, on Bandcamp, but you can access it through Instagram, or you can just look up uh, Levi Petrie on on Bandcamp, and it's okay. there. Good. It'll be on the other sites soon. How about you, Ryan? Are you doing anything virtual right now? Man, no. Levi and I are in Stranger Things downtown in LA. If, if you can get a ticket, I think it's sold out. Uh, you guys are in like that? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in that, Jeff. Yeah. We were talking about Casey and I were talking about doing that. Oh yeah. You should, oh, oh, you gotta dude. come. Yeah, Jesse, right. you gotta come too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I do. I do want to promote this this cute little donut shop I like. Okay. It's on Hollywood and Harvard here in, in the LA area. If any LA people are listening. Um, Obet and Dell's, Obet and Dell's. I'm just showing, I know people can't see this in the podcast, but I want Jesse to see it. Okay. It's a little coffee shop. They have vegan donuts, and I'm vegan. Uh, super great stuff. Their coffee is good. They have kombuchas. They're dog friendly, and uh, I, I love them so much. So please visit Obet and Dell's, uh, Hollywood and Harvard. They catered, they catered uh, a third of this podcast. Today. Yeah. Oh, Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Yeah. I was walking to buy two donuts. I leave with a dozen. It's great. All right. And Jeff, how about you? Are you on Twitter or social media? Uh, okay. Well, we're like I said, we're working on it. I have my production 
arm. I have the, the website at least set up so I can, uh, when my Twitter's come out, uh, but uh, chainlinkprod.com for Chainlink okay. Productions. All right. Um, so we got a number of uh, different things in the work. We have a sports one, we have a music one. So we'll see what's up. So all right. Very good. Uh, I'm probably going to email all of you guys for you to reply back. So I make sure I have it right on this, uh, my notes. Uh, Ryan, Jeff, I do, I will email you guys with the calendar link. Let's book a separate one for each of you. I'd love to hear more stories about the improv. I'd love to hear what you're planning to do on podcast. I think that will be great. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, I'm going to end. Go ahead. Well, I, I sent Levi some pictures of us at the book event and then some Oh, good. I need a book. I need a picture for the podcast. So that would be great. That was what I was going to ask. All those to you. Yeah. All right. Great. Uh, so we're going to end with now out here on this road, out on this road tonight, I close my eyes and feel so many friends around me in the early evening light and the miles we have come and the battles won and lost are just so many roads traveled and so many rivers crossed. And I ask God for the strength and faith in one another, because it's a good night for a ride across this river to the other side, my blood brothers. Thank you, my blood brothers. I appreciate it. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please be safe. Remember to social distance, wash your hands, wear an effing mask, and let's be good to each other, because that's the only way we're going to get through this. But for now, goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Bruce shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.